0: Hey, everybody, how are you? Justin Bell here with Drive to Win, presented by The Win Las Vegas and powered by Mobile One for the love of driving. Well, I don't know about you, but I had a pretty full-on Formula One weekend, obviously, with the race down there in Mexico, just a few hours south of the last one in Austin, so really staying with the whole Americas thing. But I actually hurt my back last week on a TV shoot. So I I found myself with the perfect excuse to pop myself down on the sofa and actually watch every single session from practice one, practice two. And it really did give me this amazing story arc of the whole weekend. And those of you that do that will probably agree. It it makes it quite fascinating because you see how symbiotic some of the 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 flow is for some of the teams and how chaotic it is for others uh, but when it came to the race weekend down there in Mexico obviously it was pretty hot uh, it's at uh, a crazy place for them to go and race i know that they have some issues with security for some of the top drivers uh, but mainly not for their safety in terms of uh, you know violence it's really just the fact that the the fans are so passionate, and the access to the drivers is so desperately sought after that, especially if your name's Sergio Perez, um, it's pretty hard to, to get around. Um, it was Perez Mania uh, with over 400,000 people in attendance over the weekend. And you could just see the stunning shots of that stadium area with the crowds going up. It looked like 300 people high. and just the noise. Did you hear that noise? And he said he can hear it from inside the helmet. It is a phenomenon that I have never experienced. Um, if you know, my mum shouting, yay, go JB, uh, didn't really count. But when you've got, you know, towards half a million people shouting your name, cheering, uh, it was resonating just, you know, through the TV and, and all the way through to us. So really, really cool. Uh, I did enjoy qualifying actually, and normally we don't talk much about qualifying, but it did set the scene for for the unpredictability, the absolutely outstanding individual attempts right now to 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 get a, a race points, to try and get on the podium, just to try and get in the top ten, and it just shows how much there is to play for at this time of the year. And with that Ferrari locking out the front row, I was really cheering them on when, you know, just because obviously I was with them two weeks ago in in New York City at that Ferrari gala. And I kind of felt that I had a little bit more bond. They probably don't share that, but it was just really good to see them knowing how much effort they put in. And Leclerc, Charles Leclerc displaying that singular ability he has over one lap. It was his 22nd pole in Formula One, if you can believe that, which is a pretty uh, nifty record. And he really does have that pace over one lap. And you know, I think as Will Buxton said on his grid walk, they don't really have uh, the fastest car. They probably don't even have the second or third. Maybe they have the uh, fourth fastest car. So it's a real strategy game for them. But I did like the way they they were off the line. Um, Daniel Ricciardo with his shock fourth place. And that's what I love when I said I like following the sort of ebb and flow of qualifying and practice. He was fast all the way through. And then you go... Wow, he did just go and lock in that fourth place, out-qualifying Sergio Perez in the Alfa Torre, which cannot have gone down very well with Sergio's camp. But it just shows that Daniel is back and in this liberated form that we do see from drivers when they've spent a year out. Look at Fernando Alonso. He took a year off, did Le Mans, won Le Mans, did sports cars, came back and he just had this, you know, maybe more understanding of his love for it and... Having taken a break away from the schedule, came back just ready to do good. Obviously, with with Daniel, it was his opportunity after, you know, breaking his hand and having to sit on the sidelines. So that was that was really good, wasn't it? Um, it does show he deserves a seat in Formula One next year, which he will get. But will it be better than the Alvatore? I don't know. But certainly for him to to showcase how good that car is, that's fantastic. Um out qualifying Perez though that that put that was great for Daniel and isn't it amazing how an an instant a moment can can define a weekend for someone for one person it means that they're going you know for Daniel it would have been showcasing the best qualifying result for the Alfa all year and then for Sergio it it just wasn't good at all to be outperformed on your home track. And, you know, the you know that the partisan crowd were really hoping, really willing it into existence. And you've got to remember that he is a of an amazing talent and has won a lot of races and but the most successful Mexican driver, arguably. But they were thinking, will he win at home? Can he win at home? And that is the mantra. That is the momentum of energy that was following him that I think caused what we saw on the first lap. Get to that in a minute. With uh, George Russell, eighth, and Lewis, sixth, um, they weren't happy. But again, that story arc, you know, they're not good in their qualifiers, but they come together, especially Lewis in the race, in a phenomenal way. And I know I said it last week, but it just shows to me how diligent they are at Mercedes in, in getting the cars, uh, uh, you know, their race strategy and, and the tire selections and everything right. Um, McLaren, though, had a real Crappy weekend, didn't they, to start off with? And uh, Piastri, you know, his car, as as Will again said, I think, you know, probably the second fastest car on the grid uh, overall performance over the last few races. Um, but landed up seventh, and then you have Lando who got knocked out of you know Q one um, because. Uh as he said, I kinda of got caught out on timing, on strategy, on getting out there, and then he made a mistake. And that was just like an honesty to that. I guess him him going, and he's quite chippy, isn't he? He goes, Chippy's a British word for he's got a little edge to him. And I think it was just as he said, I made a mistake, didn't I? I? I just I just blew it. And uh at least he knows that, but it doesn't make you feel any better. But it was very good uh, to see. We have the, one of the, the 2022 car in this, in this showroom next to my Blue Wire Studios here at the Wynn. And it is the Alfa Romeo. And for me, that's one of the, the prettiest cars that we have uh, on show next door. And one of the prettiest cars out on the grid. And to see, uh, you know, Botas in ninth and Zuganyu in 10th, rounding out the top 10 at the qualifier, I just thought that was really good and a, a really good promise for them. It was whether they could convert it in the race. So the conclusion, obviously, after that qualifying was, oh, some upsets, Far at the front, Max right behind in third, you know, Sergio ready to do his thing. The Red Bull's notoriously kind of good off the line. Uh, What was it setting up for the race? And I would have, I'm not a betting guy, but obviously with Max's pace, you know, he'll get to the front at some point. But what was going to unfold on his way there? And everybody, remember, has so much to play for. I mean, literally everybody moving down second place onwards. Max, you know, his version of cruising is just locking in another win and fastest lap and all those things he wants. But for everyone else, too much money on the line, careers on the line. So uh, it it's like knowing the end of the movie, but the script's kind of changing every week. And I think that's what makes it so exciting as we're heading into these last four races. But the race did really yield some, some, uh, some surprising elements, which, I, I mean, we'll go through with, with my guest in a minute. Oh, my guest, by the way, Andrew Marriott, uh, uh, one of the most uh, respected com- commentators in the world of motorsports. He's been around for probably 50 years, and there isn't a driver that you've ever heard of that he hasn't interviewed, had a relationship with professionally at the racetrack, and wonderful stories and great insight. So I'm looking forward to that. But let's go back to to the podium. Obviously, was like a repeat of last week, but without the disqualifications. And Max, then Lewis, and then Charles Leclerc, and it was. I actually did predict that uh, to my girlfriend at the beginning of the race. Um, but when it comes to the stats, there were so many things. It's like, a, as I said, a cascade every week of things that happen at this time of the season. Verstappen now leads by 251 points. He's headed off. He's in the the woods without anyone else. Uh, 31 wins he's had since the start of last season, which just is mind-numbing. And he's now fifth on the all-time laps led in Formula 1 with 2,684. Stunning. Um, Verstappen and Schumacher, this is a funny one, have actually now finished 1-2 in whichever order you choose. 36 times in their career on, in Formula 1 against each other again. Most drivers can't even imagine winning one race or being on the podium once. These two just have 36 first seconds between them. And it was Lewis's 65th fastest lap, which is only 12 behind Michael Schumacher's all-time records and, and Charles Leclerc's 100th start for Ferrari. So, so many things. And there's a lot of elements that were interesting in this race for, for me and I, I'm looking forward to chatting about them with Andrew, but I just, I just hate the fact that they have to be so gentle on the tires, and that's why even though there was a red flag in the middle of the race, it just, it changed everything from that point on. Not quite late enough in the race to make it an all-out sprint to the finish, but I think as we saw, you know, a, a race ago, a couple of races ago, when you do have that resetting towards the end of the race. I love the fact that it has to be, you know, trying to be as qualifying pace as best you can for every every lap. And that, as um, I think David Coulthard, or Jensen Button and David Coulthard said on the TV, that's for them what Formula One should be about. It is only about being the fastest on every lap, the fastest car. So I think some of that misses. Let me know if you disagree when it comes to tyres strategies. Um, It does keep a lot more people employed on the pit wall, but... I think it should just be all out flat out. Well, on my Uber ride in this morning from the airport, I really saw the racetrack coming together here in Las Vegas. And it was my, well, I've commented on it, driving down the strip, seeing the light gantries, seeing, you know, all the hospitality coming out, coming down actually the back road past the sphere. It I'm um, in between the barriers. They made. They were. They had some uh, r- road control. And as I'm driving down there, I'm looking up. I'm seeing familiar safety wall and the catching catch fencing. And then up on the left hand side, I could see all these hospitality suites. And again, this uh, you know uh, rigging that you you have. And all the way down, were all these lights, every 15, 20, 10, 15 feet, all the way round the circuit just imagine that infrastructure but you can really feel it coming together you can see where they got the access roads you can just feel this whole thing and um any minute now they're going to be tying up those uh, loose ends and the banner signage all goes up especially after mexico it'll be coming back up here the minute it arrives this place is going to start looking like a grand prix track if it doesn't already so wild but Saying that, obviously, with the Heineken Silver Grand Prix of Las Vegas, I mean, so much going on here at the Wynn. I actually just was about to post a picture. I couldn't believe it. Uh, Yet another Formula One car, this time a Red Bull uh, show car, is in the middle of all the roulette tables right there in the Wynn Casino. And I was just, while I was taking my little selfie... I could hear people's voices as they stopped. And it's kind of stroke of genius, really, from the marketing department. People were stopping, taking their photographs and realizing things as they were the proximity to a Formula One car, perhaps for the first time. My God, look at those wings. Is that what they're called? Look at the size of those tires. Look how small the side profile is. They didn't use those words. They just said, look how thin they are. And it was really exciting for me to to experience firsthand you know, maybe other people's first time being around a Formula One car and realizing that's what this race is all about. It is bringing that drive to survive energy, the proximity to Formula One, the familiarity with these drivers, these superstars and everybody and the key personnel. It's all coming to life here in Las Vegas. Maybe that's my best way of describing this race. And obviously here at the Wynn, not just do we have all the cars, but the red carpet events here. A lot of drivers are staying here. There's a Netflix golf tournament on the Tuesday. And it's it's all kicking off here at the wins. So, so many ways to check it out. Lots of information on the website. So don't forget to go to it. winlasvegas.com slash experiences slash Formula One. Yeah, it's getting hot. It's only 20 days away till the race. Ooh, lots happening. Well, let's uh, bring in my guest to talk about the race and a lot, lot more. Andrew Marriott, we've actually co-hosted the Le Mans 24 hours from the pit lane multiple times. We've done it in the heat, the rain, the dry, the wind, uh, all through the night. And we'd sort of tag team in the middle of the night. I'd go and try and get an hour or two sleep and Andy would head out to the pit lane. Pit lane Andy is his Instagram handle. And he, as I said, is a guy that has met nearly every driver who's ever got behind the wheel professionally or race car uh, he is a true reporter in the old school sense. He's worked for Speed Channel uh, when they were on Fox, Fox Sports. And he actually was the pit lane guy for ESPN in Formula One here in America for quite a few years. So he is the guy. And I can't wait. It's like it's like having me granddad on the show. Sorry, Andy. Anyway, Andy, really good to see you. And thanks for staying up so late on a, on a Monday night.
1: I'm pretty good. I uh, just had a great weekend and a bit of uh, gone back to my old hobby of rallying and went in a Lancia Stratos on a demonstration event celebrating the REC famous British Round of the World Championship, the REC Rally, uh, but also celebrating a win we had in 1976, riding in a Lancia Stratos um, with my old mate Andy Dawson, who uh, won the big event in all those years ago, and I thought the old boy had lost it. But he went very fast indeed. Well, what have you been up to then, Andy? Well, just had a great weekend. Um, Reliving old rally memories, actually. Back in 1976, I won a rally with a guy called Andy Dawson, a Lancia Stratos. And uh, we went back in a Lancia Stratos on an event, and uh, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, And we went
0: very quickly indeed. And that's right. Now I can see your face, Andy. Look at the camera. That's it. There, I've got you now. It's not pretty, but it is you. Um, yeah. There we are. That's good. Yeah. Um, well, listen, I know. Let's, let's it's talk. not pretty, it's me. And
1: then I think I'm moving out of the
0: street. I don't think you got that frame thing right there, mate. I can see anyone that's watching this and I, not I, listening. You know, it's, it's, old, it's old age, mate. It's old age.
1: How about that? That's there a bit you better. are. Look, Do not move.
0: That? You're looking joyous I right now. Move. You look, you look a bit yeah, like the gu- the guy, who, the captain, Captain Spock. It's right. looking good.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right. Um, well, listen, I-, I wanted to grab you because you know you've been around this sport for fifty or sixty years now, isn't it? Um, we... Yeah. Well, it's got to be sixty years, mate. Oh, no, it's ridiculous. Whoa! And you've seen them come, and you've seen them go. And uh, every driver, like I said in my interview, it seems that you've either interviewed in one way or another. And let's talk about Formula One, where we are right now and what we're witnessing this year. Because obviously, you know, I've talked a lot about Max's domination. Um, You've seen a lot of dominating eras, haven't you, through the years? Who do you compare this to?
1: Not many like this, is it? Um, I have to say, um, Jim Clark, when he was in the best Lotus, you know, dominated like that. Jackie Stewart, to a degree, I think, and of course Lewis Hamilton. And uh, I mean, it was different, wasn't it, when with Senna and Prost, because you had two great guys in the same team. And that split it up a bit. So, you know, we've seen some people, but you've got to say that Verstappen's right up there on a cracking drive. You have to say, absolutely cracking drive, wasn't it, yesterday?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did. I mean, let's, let's break it down a bit. I, I mean, I love the way you say that because it does bring up something I'll come back to about teammates. But the start, Ferrari locked out the front row. They obviously didn't get off the line as well as the two Red Bulls. What's your take on what happened there at the front? Because... For me, I mean, Leclerc had no way to back out. Otherwise, we would have had two Red Bulls airborne and three into one doesn't go. So, I mean, what did you, did you yell from the sofa, you bloody idiot, or did you, who did you think, I mean, how did that unfold for you?
1: Oh, Paris an idiot.
0: He was carried away by the crowd, you know.
1: He was on his home territory. He's obviously, it's a bit of a question mark hanging over him with uh with Red Bull wanted to prove he was still an ace, and actually proved he was an idiot. And he admitted it afterwards, didn't he? In yeah. the interviews, he admitted it. He went for it. But, you know, a race is never won, as you know, Justin, on the first corner, and that's what he's trying to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could imagine you in the pit lane, you but, wouldn't have held back from asking him about whether how much of a prat he felt, would you?
1: I know, we wouldn't, would we? But you know, I, I'm He's a lovely guy, you know. I just feel sorry for him, really. Um, but, you know, he hasn't quite got it, has he? Let's face it.
0: No, he, I mean, he did, but he, he doesn't right now. Yeah. I mean, what Look, a- our uh, old
1: mate, uh, old mate, David Hobbs, great expression. He's good, but he's not great. That's Paris, I'm afraid.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And it extends to a few others on the grid, too. But the, uh, I think you're right about the fans... I mean, hearing the roar of the fans built up. I mean, he was right there, outqualified by Rick, Daniel Ricciardo in the Alpha Tory, which... Well, I wasn't. Yeah,
1: wasn't that fantastic? Oh, you know, well. Danny Rick's back. It was terrific.
0: Yeah, really, really great. I, I, I will tell you what I did think. I was talking about it with my producer Jeremiah before the show. I reckon, though, that if Perez hadn't hit Leclerc, he would have hit Max going into the next corner. Because right, <laughs> if he'd survived that one, I reckon he'd have taken him out on the left because he's going, "I'm yeah. gonna lead." yeah, I know, I know yeah, it's kind of wild, it really is. so um, yeah, I mean, what do you think when it came to like the booing at the end for for Charles Leclerc, though what what's you, you're an old school guy you've heard, you've heard all this before it, I mean no way to boo the guy. I mean it was not his fault. Do you know what?
1: In my career, and I covered Grand Prix for 20 years every race, I never heard people boo. Yeah. This is a new thing. This is ridiculous. And we, it's not the first booing we've had this season. Uh, I don't like it. I and mean, a lot of people are putting it down, of course, to this new breed of fans that have, have come up through the Netflix television program and so on. But I mean, you know, it, people boo it. Soccer, don't they? We don't boo in motor racing,
0: and we shouldn't boo in motor racing. No, I I agree, and I agree. I I did think to myself, I made a note when I was watching the race. Might not be easy for Charles Leclerc to leave the circuit tonight. He might have to stay, uh, stay there. But I know. um, There's something else about the brilliant drivers that I think we saw in Max, and I wanted to ask you. Um, When they're making on the way up, they also are prone to mistakes, aren't they? Flashes of brilliance, mistakes, but when they When they eradicate, when a driver eradicates his mistake ratio to like zero, like Max is now, it's like he has a force field around that car. Why, how is he not getting involved? How is, it's like the parting of the seas. How is he not getting involved? How is, yeah, that, now is the car never
1: breaking down. It's unbelievable, the reliability.
0: There's not even a jam lug nut when they come in for a pit stop. No. Ever no. a jam
1: gun. It's just got, they've got the
0: stardust
1: all over it. That It won't last, you know, Justin. They never do. It could go
0: on for a little while yet. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think so. You mentioned, you know, we mentioned Danny Rick. He, as you said, he is, I mean, he he was buoyed, if you like, by, the by. I think, being out of the car, getting the chance to come back and breaking his hand. Um there's a lot to play for for him and when you think about the way he he drove this weekend uh do you think that's that's the right kind of drive for him to be back in the second seat at red bull or is alpha tauri the right place for him
1: well uh, probably yeah i mean you know, we never understood what happened at mclaren did we no, we
0: didn't Rick. No
1: we didn't really understand it So a car didn't suit him but most Really talented drivers drive around that, or they get a car suited to 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 work with them. And he doesn't do it at McLaren. Mm. And I actually thought his career was over. But anyway, there yeah. he is. You know, everybody loves him. He's a lovely character. And uh, you know, I couldn't be. It's one of the great pleasures of watching that race last night is see Danny Rick going well. Yeah. I mean, there were plenty of others and things to to warm the heart. Yeah. Uh, What a drive from Lando Norris. Yeah, totally. Um, And a good drive from Hamilton again, of course. Obviously, that Mercedes is not quite as good as the Red Bull, but they got back close again, haven't they? Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, Lewis was very, very keen to praise all the team. He always is, of course. But, you know, I think he was genuinely happy, and I think he knows that that car's coming back you know, on on form again now. And don't count him out. I don't think he's won his last race by a long way. No, no, no. He's a super, super, super competitor, is Lewis Hamilton.
0: Yeah, I love the way you say that because he hasn't won his last race and he might not have won his last race. He, he might not have won a race this year, but I tell you what, no, one I'll mistake, one mistake, and that is like a pack of wolves, isn't it, going to overtake yeah. them. Everybody is there. Lewis, obviously... Uh, I said something the other day that, you know, I think he carries the burden of leading the team a bit, whereas George Russell can be, I'm the young guy, I can yeah. I can just drive. Lewis has a lot I of responsibility.
1: George seems to go off the boil a little bit. I mean, it was a reasonable drive. It wasn't a great drive, yes. You know, last year he was. I uh, think... He- Gets involved in politics, um, he is put firmly back in his box. He's the number two, isn't he? You know, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a short period of time. So is, he, is he the joint number one? No, he's back in his box. He's the number two.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is. It's. It's really impressive to me, though. Lewis's amount of podiums. I mean, I think I said. I said at the top of the show. I think it's like thirty-two or something. One twos that Max and and Jo and Lewis have had. In their careers, either one or two, them being yeah. first or second, runner up to each other. That's an outrageous stat. I mean that shows they're both yeah. they're both alpha male drivers, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. But Justin, what about mega
1: drive from, from Orlando Norris coming yeah. up through there? that? boy's gonna, gonna win a Grand Prix soon, isn't he? Yeah, I would uh, think it know, could be this weekend. Uh, And what an extraordinary season we've had. You know, we started off the season, remember, with Aston Martin right up there. People say, Alonso might win another race. And now they're at the back of the field. Yeah. What's happened there? I mean, you know, Mr. Stroll and all his money is finding out that running a Grand Prix racing team is not quite like running a... a, a company that makes T-shirts and another company that makes handbags, which is where I believe he made all his money.
0: <laughs> well, he did that well. I mean, I mean, I do believe that what happened with Aston is they spent all their money at the beginning of the year, came out of the box well, yeah. and now everybody yeah. else has caught up. It's actually not that they're doing worse necessarily, which obviously they are, but, you know, the others yeah. have all just, they've just overtaken them in terms of upgrades yeah. and developments and... and uh, but- but no, carry on.
1: But okay. the money that's been thrown at it—I you know, just drove. I was at Silverstone a few days ago. I mean, frankly, Justin, you know the massive new buildings and everything they've built just the other side of the road to the track is unbelievable. Really, you know the sort of money they they've spent it. They, they they should be on it, really. Wow.
0: Yeah. No, I mean it isn't for lack of lack of money. Is it? it's interesting though? You know, we talk a lot about the the importance of teammates, right? And you've seen, I mean, in the yeah. Schumacher era, Eddie Irvine was the perfect teammate, wasn't he? He was the textbook teammate. You pick up a Absolutely, win if you, yeah. you pick up the win if the number one doesn't win. You you're there to play second. You're there to affect the strategy. Yeah. But um the others, not many people have got that right. But you mentioned Prost and Senna in the same car. A lot of the talk has been when they talk about maybe Max having a different teammate, someone more competitive. They all seem to worry about the inter-team rivalry. And if two A-listers are in the cars, that maybe that causes problems. But in my opinion, it only rises the level of the water, doesn't it? Overall, both of them perform higher. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Another thing uh, yesterday, what about that crash? I mean, he went in hard, didn't he? And uh, I think you probably have the commentary that we have with David Croft. He doesn't know his left or his right because quite clearly the left rear suspension broke. And Crofty said the right broke. I mean, you actually saw it on the replay. You saw that that rear suspension snap. Now, people say, oh, but Anshunaham. Gotta remember, two laps later, he was off the track, wasn't he? Yeah, bouncing down the side of the grass. That obviously did something, and so you know, can't say, "Oh, what a shame!" You know, poor, poor young Magnuson. You know, the car broke on him. He caused that to happen. Yeah, good. We, I mean, he's another one. He's he's good, but he's not great, isn't he? Kevin? He's good,
0: but he's not great. But he's feisty. Not when you come up to overtake him. He is the guy that would would try and block oh, Max he's for eighth position. You know, I love that.
1: Oh yeah, he's feisty, all right. And he um, still got his Viking know, helmet another, on, you know. I know it's that's another funny one that that um, that that Haas team, isn't it, and where they're at.
0: Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I, I, you you they're not well. They've had, I mean, they've had some great moments and a couple of great results, but uh, you know, it. The I think Net Drive to Survive opened the window on what it's like to be a mid. To backpack team and the yeah. the demands and the money and calling the boss and you know getting yelled at yeah. it's it that's probably yeah. one of the biggest well, they, insights for me from yeah. from that. But
1: um, of course the other the other big question on everybody's lips in Grand Prix racing at the moment is will we have a second American team? Is that going to happen? The Andretti thing, you know. I don't know. The, all these teams, are, oh, yeah, but a pie is going to be carved. At, you know, in a uh, you know, we won't get quite so much because there's going to be another piece of cake out of the pie. Frankly, that pie has got a lot bigger recently. So they, I, I was so desperately disappointed they don't let Andretti in.
0: Yeah, we had Mario on the show the other day and he couldn't yeah. talk about it. But he, you know, I, I interviewed him early in the year for my little Life with Legends podcast. And he was, yeah he was uh, very optimistic. But, you know, it's 200 million just to... Stake your game at the the blackjack table, so to speak. You know, it's a uh, it's an expensive yeah, proposition, massively. I know, massive. very expensive. Wow. Yeah. Um, one of the things that frustrates me about Formula One right now, um, is I'm um, this tire strategy stuff. You and I have been on around racing our whole lives, so we've got a fair degree, fair chance of understanding soft, mediums, hards. Um, you know what tires are available throughout the race. But uh, it was actually David Coulthard. He said, on the broadcast, he said, Formula One is about going the fastest you can at all times. What's your thought about that?
1: I hate these tyre regulations. Mm. I mean, I wish there was a tyre war still. It was great when there was a tyre oh, war. yeah. But uh, and now Pirelli have got the contract again. We're here. And I understand the philosophy, Justin, honestly. Yeah. You know, you're, you're seen on television that as a tire that only lasts 10 minutes why yeah. should i go out and buy a pirelli tire I, I just don't get it i hate the rules i think they are just trying to add to entertainment and this is, this is you know it goes back to bernie days you can't you come on on uh, on liberty i just have one one tire and that's it. Let's not have all this nonsense of tr- having two different compounds. I think it's rubbish. I hate it.
0: Well, it certainly it just it just introduces you know the fact that uh, I mean, do you see Lewis? Even though he finished second and pushed, he didn't have a bead of sweat on him when he got out of the car. No. and you go. Hello, how how Saving it- tires. So- yeah, a bit, bit like a bit like your dad in,
1: in the old Group C days. They're not going that fast because they're saving fuel. Same yeah. sort of deal, isn't
0: it? Yeah, totally. Well, what you said about Lando's march to the front. He, you know, sometimes they say, "Oh, you can't overtake in Formula One." Some of the tracks aren't good. DRS obviously gives that massive advantage, but there's a. It is still a beautiful thing to watch a talented driver make those overtaking manoeuvres. And what Lando yeah. did pull off in the race was pretty artistic, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, I thought overall it was a good race. Uh, you know, there was lots of different things happening in it just for stuff and, you know, revved off into the distance, didn't it? But it was, a, it was nice. See, so, there's a lot of things I don't like about Formula 1 these days. Having been so privileged just into uh reported races in the days of jackie stewart in the 70s and, yeah. and then in the 80s with so many different cars so many different shapes you could recognize every car every car looks the same now because yeah. it's basically designed by the same computer program just uh, just a correlation with the wind tunnel seemed to make all the difference um but you still got the best drivers in there it's still fantastic racing a lot of the time yeah. yeah. but I just think the techni- on a technical side the hands are tied too much I, t- I feel and um, everything's every car sounds the same so that spoils it a bit for me from the glory days uh, you know when I was reporting it from the pit lane and, and, and so on but it's still great racing
0: yeah I mean it's the best you know for the majority of them the best drivers representing their era In cars that, like the RB19 is as good as a car that's ever been, domination-wise. But here's a question. We saw Max, we saw Max crash, I mean, uh, Mag's crash, um, which obviously was, yeah, maybe predicated by him bouncing along the ground, you know, two feet off the ground earlier. Um, Because that's what what everyone always used to say. Dad said to me about Le Mans. He'd say, you know, when you go off, two hours into the race and you run the end of the curbs and you have a big hit. He said, you'll think to yourself, Oh, this didn't, this, thank God I got away with that. 12 hours later, the car might retire with a gear, you know, with a diff or, you know, drive shaft or something. And in Formula One, that's exaggerated and the cars have become so strong, but here's something that I thought of really to ask you during when I was watching the race we are seeing incredibly close driving. These guys, I mean, that whole thing when Orlando went round Russell, I mean, with millimeters between the tires, I'm not even sure there were millimeters at one point, and they're going through one, yeah. two corners side by side. It's, it's, a, it's a finger nail-biting moment. And then they touch and they'll keep going a lot of the time. Yeah. Now remember, these cars are so big, aren't they? I mean, yeah. they, these
1: cars are, are a third bigger than um, what I was used to in, in, in the eighties, nineties, and, and uh, you know, just recently they've got so big. All oh, got in electrics and and so on, um, and and that means take up more track space. So
0: there's less space to overtake on a track because these things are huge. They are huge, but I had a thought. Do you think that? I mean, every one of those drivers grew up in a simulator-based era. Um, they've also yeah. grown up in an era when f- serious injury or fatalities in Formula One or any of our sports car racing uh, has become minimized, thank God, the uh, IndyCar to a minimum. Some obviously tragedies yeah. over the last 10 years, but really so slight to before. Do you think that there's a sense of invincibility a little from these drivers compared to the horrific Uh, moments we saw in the 70s and 80s. I think
1: you're absolutely right. I mean, drivers, they thought it never happened to me, but, you know, it happened around them, and, you know, in the back of their minds, they knew how dangerous it was. Uh, And different people reacted in a different way. Now, I don't think any of those drivers, you know, leave home, kiss the wife, kick the dog, and think I might not come back here, which is what happened in the past. So it is safer. It's much better. It's safer, of course. Um, you know, what else can I say about it, really? No, I, I think you're um,
0: spot on. You're spot on. It's it's yeah. uh, thankfully a safer era, which I guess the byproduct is we're seeing incredibly close racing and a lot of actually contact, which is, which is yeah. not ideal, yeah. but it shows everyone how intense it is. Uh, Max just yeah, scored... Yeah. Max just scored his 16th win of a season. And I think something yeah. like 31 or whatever it is since the beginning of last year. An unbelievable tally um, as we come into these last few races. He said something at the end in his interview, didn't he? They said, what's next? He went, what, 17, 18? I mean, he might as well. Uh, oh, I know. I thought the clever answer would have been, how many more races have we got? You know, and he'd have gone, well, I'm going to win them all. Uh what yeah. a what a tremendous thing to see, but the best of the rest, Andrew, they're going to be scrapping like a pack of wolves, aren't they?
1: Um, let's see if if uh, the Dutchman can be beaten. Um, I hope he can. Um, they say that some of the interest in Formula 1's just dropped off a little bit um, the latter part of uh, this year, and it's because, you know, the predictability of the same winner. People like to see different winners. And uh, let's hope somebody does it Because we might get a big surprise Particularly at Las Vegas No, it's a gambler's city after all
0: I love. well said Well listen, it is time for the Mobile One pit stop For the love of driving Andrew, what's the best move you ever saw a driver make?
1: Well, I'm not sure I would call it a move To be honest uh, Keki Rosberg, that fantastic lap, lap he did to qualify at Silverstone, I don't know, I, don't know I forgot what it was, at that same track we were at uh, yesterday in Mexico. He pulled off a mega move there, I remember. Uh, and Mansell was great at overtaking, but yeah, that's, thats I think that's my answer to that one.
0: Okay. We've all had some embarrassing on-air moments and you put yourself in the middle of those. What's your most embarrassing on-camera moment? <laughs>
1: Well, on camera, but fortunately it wasn't live, I went up to the famous actor Michael Douglas at Monte Carlo and called him Peter Douglas, uh, which was a bit embarrassing. God, that would have been good.
0: Um, One of the drivers from the past, one of the legends, who would you like to, if they could just time travel, who would you like to see on the grid today?
1: Easy, easy, easy. I go, show off here. I was driven from the Buenos Aires Autodrome into the city of Buenos Aires, the centre, to a function by Fangio. Uh, I also took part in a rally where Fangio flagged us off in Paraguay, and I got to talk to Fangio a little bit, my schoolboy Spanish, but I never saw him race, so I have to say Fangio.
0: Oh, I love that answer. Um, they have a lot of qualities, but is there anything missing from today's form- modern Formula One driver? Yeah,
1: stupid, trite answer. Shaving. Only George Russell, the whole grid. Actually, has a shave
0: in the morning. Ah, well, look at me, God. <laughs> I'm going to shave before I see you next time.
1: <laughs> and, and, um, oh, I don't, you know, they, I heard the other day, I think it might have been caught out saying that, you know, that the group are all, you know, really friendly with each other these days. Um, so maybe a bit of aggro between time. You know, there hasn't been any punching lately. We haven't had a Nelson Piquet to punch anybody recently, have we?
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. It gets good ratings, gets them a race ban, but it gets them, gets good ratings. And, uh, you know, yeah. for, for those, for those uh, watching that, you know, not everyone's cut out to be a driver or an engineer. Some might want to do what we've we've done all our lives, which is also do TV. What was the best advice you ever got about being on TV when it came to cars?
1: Very early on, not to speak too quickly. Well, that ain't easy for you and I, is it? I know, but sometimes you don't gabble, don't gabble. Yeah, really and good. Don't assume and don't assume too much knowledge of the people listening, but assume some. I love it,
0: Andrew. You're such a you. You, I mean, it's not like my granddad because we've been best mates but, on the pit lane. I know, I we know. Been best I, the... I am
1: young. I, I am younger than your father, mate.
0: I know you are. Just. I know he has more hair though, so let's go with that.
1: I know he has beautiful hair. I saw him the other day. Oh. Um, Sorry, the shop was a bit wobbly, folks, and uh, actually the technology we hoped to use, we couldn't use, so we had to try and hand-hold this. So, uh, but you probably got a, bit, a few nice pictures behind my face in, in the office as well. I can well. see them. I can um, see
0: everything lined yeah, up there. Yeah, but yeah,
1: yeah. I turn around a bit with it. You yeah, know, there's but, all sorts of stuff in here. Well, yeah,
0: that's a, that's a <laughs> lifetime of memories, and I wish I could take the memory stick out of your head... And put it into my yeah. head because you know more than anyone I know. So listen, Andrew, it's, it's been wonderful. Let's catch up soon uh, again yeah. socially and uh watch look forward to Brazil, um look forward to Brazil this weekend. Absolutely. All right, buddy, take care. Cheerio. Hey race fans, Justin Bell here. So what is it about a race that's so exciting? The breakneck speeds, the constant pressure, the ever-present threat of danger, or is it? Let's face it, simply the driving. Think about it. There's no phones, no laptops, no screens, just the world's greatest drivers, cars, and the ultimate freedom. Yep, it is all of the above. Mobile One for the love of driving. Well, that's enough about last weekend. Let's talk about the Grand Prix in just a few days' time in Sao Paulo, Brazil. It is the final Formula One sprint weekend, which, of course, puts so many other dynamics into play with that shorter Saturday race. Uh, As Max Verstappen said last time out, he said, I think it gives the game away. Doesn't it tell everyone how it's going to roll out on the Sunday? Where's the surprise in that? I actually think he's slightly wrong because we've seen some stars shine through the darkness, haven't we, on the Saturday sprint race. And it does allow people to obviously have a totally different strategy, see ultimate pace in the cars, and Brazil is a festival city, I mean, festival country. Their, their spirit of life, their spirit for celebrating everything, I think will be evident, very evident as they go down there. And obviously, they have had some significant drivers who have literally become the landmarks in Formula One history. I mean, obviously, we have and Senna, you have Rubens Barrichella, you have Gilles de Ferran, Elio Castroneves, and the list goes on. All these amazing drivers, and a lot of them will be down there because those guys know how to party and it's one of those tracks that really does invite some very memorable racing 2003 remember the rain race outrageous uh, then lewis hamilton had that last ditch attempt for his title in 2008 then there was sebastian sebastian vettel's run to the 2012 championship and then Max's all-out attack defense uh, on Lewis Hamilton in 2021. That all happened at that track. So you know there's going to be fireworks with the way these guys are lining up right now. Um, of course, last year, we saw George Russell's maiden win uh, for Mercedes at the track. I'm sure he will be definitely earmarking this one. He, he does well at this track, and I'm sure it would be nice to to double Pete, as they say here, but for me, obviously, with Lewis only 20 uh, points behind Sergio Perez right now, that's going to be one of the big storylines. He's catching fast. So, so many things are going to happen. My opinion uh, or my anticipation forecast for the, for the weekend is I think a real scrap is brewing. There are three teams. I'm putting Red Bull over here in a little silo all on its own. But I think there are three legitimate race teams that six drivers who are absolutely gagging for a win, and it's an all-out attack. And we've seen each of them, whether it's McLaren, Mercedes, or Ferrari, have their moments where they're able to excel. Is it qualifying? Is it the first? Is it being on the soft tires, on the hard tires? Is it a longer run? Are they are they better in the pits? I mean, McLaren's what was it? Uh, Two it was it 1.8 second stop? I mean, wow, what happened there? You know, just a couple of races ago. So everybody is performing at the, the best they have all season. And everybody is capable of winning the race, even up against Max, if one thing goes wrong. And his one lap pace, as we've seen, other than collecting fastest laps like their candies, is is in qualifying, he can be beaten. And that, especially for McLaren and Ferrari, But to me, there's this air of resignation that I just don't quite get, Uh, this sort of attitude of defeat. And I'm sure the drivers would kill me if they heard me say this. But by that, I mean the Red Bull factor, especially when the Max Verstappen car is heading towards you. As a driver, there's an energy that comes from someone that's dominating and they just know he's going to go by, if not this corner, the next one. So it's almost like they, they invite the overtake. And that has to stop, guys, because... He has already cleared his championship. You, um, you've just got to lock him out and and try and maintain track position. And so I really do believe that the teams going into these last four races are going to be absolutely doing that. Um, this weekend, there has to be a break for the others. And that's when I think we're going to see the opportunity. So much money, so many points available in these last few races that from second downwards on onwards, it is critical that you get the best results you can and beat your teammate because obviously inter-team rivalry is what makes this work. A great race ahead. It will be phenomenal. I'm sure the on-grid, pre-grid activities will be just totally uh, sort of uh, San Paolo and and look amazing. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, talk about pre-race festivities. It's already sort of kicked off here in Las Vegas. Uh, I told you about how the Grand Prix track is coming together. But we are in the final couple of weeks before the Las Vegas Concours held on the beautiful golf course outside the Wynn Casino here in Las Vegas. Uh, Let me share a couple of the cars that I know are coming. There's a 1936 Bugatti Type 57 Ventoux, uh, which is absolutely stunning. And that's from the Audrain collection in Newport, Rhode Island. And then One of my favorite cars, I have a beautiful painting of it, actually, the James Bond version, the 1964 Aston Martin DB5. That's just two of the examples of cars that are going to be here. Cars from the past all the way to cars of the future. So you're going to be so ready. Anyway, tickets are still available for that. And it's really your best way to get involved here at Las Vegas. So don't forget to go to the website, lasvegasconcord.com and check it out. Well, guys, listen, thank you so much for watching the podcast. And don't forget, like, share, leave a review where you can. That really helps the algorithm uh, move us up and more people get to see the show. As always, thank you to The Win Las Vegas for your kind hospitality here and for Mobile One, for the love of driving. I'll see you next weekend. Take care. Bye.